It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Well, hey, Chad, it's just us again. Yeah, it's just us. <laughs> after we, after some, one of us said that there was going to be three or four of us here this week, yeah. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Um, Robert's been pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. So Robert has, for people who don't know, Robert basically has three jobs. He's a pastor and he's a call center prayer what do we want to call him? A call center prayer warrior. How about that? Yeah, yeah. An intercessor. And then uh, his third job is he's involved in some sort of Christian academy. He grades papers yes. or something like that. But yeah, so Robert's pretty busy. And of course, we're heading into the holiday season, right? Yeah, right. So we're heading into Advent. And uh, I think they, they even got Robert to decorate the church, which I, I'm still cracking up about because, you know, I, I don't picture him as being a decorator, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it is. But, you know, hey, he, he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, you know, as a pastor, that really counts as two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I've got three. He's got four. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Sometimes it seems like it though. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it does because there's, it's unlimited. You know, you've got to, you know, help people when they need help and that sort of thing. It's not like, I think there's probably some people might have a misconception that pastors just show up on Sunday morning. You know, yeah. that's not really the way it works. Yeah. I, well, that's what I believed until I became one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my. And you got everybody and you got everybody that you know wants a little bit of your time. So yeah. Oh yeah. And and now that you say that, I've got things going through my mind of people that I haven't gotten back to yet that uh need something from me. So mm -hmm. fun, fun. Busy time. It's a busy time of year. Yeah, it certainly is, but it's a, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I would not change it for the world I, I love what i do that's great yeah well that's great well you know it's funny it's well not funny but you know god calls pastors right yeah and so he equips you you yeah. know he, he gives you uh knowledge and wisdom and energy and strength and, and all those things so when he when he calls you to do something he equips you to do it mm -hmm. absolutely he does yeah Yep. There's no doubt about it. There's, I mean, I could go on and on and on about how he, what he has done mm -hmm. to get me to where I am. Mm -hmm. And it's all yeah. him. But, so, Yeah, it's been incredible. It's an, it's incredible to watch both you and Robert, because probably at some point when, when you were young, you probably had no idea that you would end up being you know, a pastor like you are today, I'm sure uh, I, I guarantee Robert never felt that way when yeah. he was young. <laughs> yeah. When my friends in college from college found out, they're like, what you, you? I said, God can redeem anybody. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so we stirred the pot a little bit this week in our Bible study. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Or at least I, at least I did. I got no, Phil, he, Phil, Phil sent me the, the meme or whatever of 
the guy stirring the pot. <laughs> I didn't mean it in a negative way, though. I, I mean, I'm glad that you added to it. I really yeah. am. Yeah, so so for the people who aren't in our Bible study, we, we're doing a, Phil's leading a, um, a a year-long read the entire Bible in a year kind of a Bible study on, on version, which is an app, uh, the, the Bible app on your phone or tablet. And it, it's really nice and it's been, it's been going really well. And so Phil had made a post on there about, you know, and I forget the exact wording that you used or something like that, but the, Phil ended it with a question of, do we have faith? And it was, it was in, about the, it was in the book of Luke that we were, it, we're in right now. And, and Phil basically made a, a post and talked about different aspects of the certain chapter and verses in Luke that we read that day. And, and basically Phil said, do, do, does the body of Christ, do Christians, churchgoers, do they really have faith? And of course, leave it to me to stir the pot. <laughs> I said, I believe that uh, most churches... Not all, definitely not all, but I believe that most churches in, in the United States especially, I believe that they don't operate in the spiritual realm or have the faith that they should or the belief that they should. And and I'm guilty of that too. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm growing, but I've been guilty of that for a long, long time. I went to church for many, many, many years. And you know, I, I would go and uh, I would I knew that there was a God and I would sing the hymns and that sort of thing. But I wasn't really believing in God to do anything uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, to be honest, I wasn't. I was going to church, you know, just to sort of, you know, make sure that I was checking boxes to get to heaven someday. <laughs> and, you know, I, we've talked about this before. But where we're going to go, or the one thing that I wanted to do, because I'm going to keep stirring this pot, apparently, I just can't help myself, poor <laughs> Phil. But uh, I think I, I have the editing power, remember? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it won't be that bad, I promise. No, I know. But, but no, but, but I think that it, it's true because. One thing that we were talking about before we started recording and before Phil's computer died timely enough is that I, I was looking up a little bit of statistics on this. And, uh, you know, Phil and I were talking about how uh, the this is a statistic. So there's a there's a organization called the Pew Research Center, which is a, like a polling organization that that polls on behalf of of churches in the United States, at least. And it said in the 1990s, 90%, about 90% of the people in the United States identified as Christian. And as of 2020, that number had dropped to 64%. So 64% of Americans identified as Christian in 2020 compared to 90% in the 90s. Now, the other interesting aspect of this is all other religions combined. Judaism, Islam, Hindu, Buddhism accounted for 
So, really? yeah, all the other religions combined, according to this research that they did, 6% of all other, all the other religions in the United States combined, it's 6% of the U.S. population, and Christians are 64, and the rest are, you know, agnostic or, or whatever, don't, don't believe there's a God. So that's interesting. And so my question that I think about is, why do we think that that happened? And if, obviously, there's probably a lot of reasons. But I'm I'm a big believer in the fact that the church has not been operating uh, in the spirit realm. We're not believing that God's going to do anything other than, you know, open the gates to heaven for us someday when we die. And, and I don't think that the church, honestly, uh, is, is operating according to the Bible. I don't think that we're uh, casting out demons. I don't think we're healing the sick. And I don't think we're expecting any kind of amazing, miraculous thing of God at any level. And I'm not talking about the church that we're both associated with, because I think that we've seen that. But, sure, but sure. I think, yeah, you know, I, I'm just kind of being generic here. And, you know, there's even some really charismatic churches that draw a lot of people in. And, and praise God, and I'm glad that they do. I think that's great. But it's for salvation. And then I question from there what happens. So they, they bring people in. And and I know a lot of people who, um, you know, had never been involved in the church. They've been brought in, and you know they've received salvation, and they've accepted the Lord, and they do continue to go to church and worship and all these things, which is awesome. But I even wonder how many of them believe that, you know. Uh, the, the the whole spiritual realm of what we do, of what it's what the Christian life is about, and I wonder if the 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 Bible really sinks into people. I wonder if the Bible what, sinks in? Is that what you said? Yeah, I really wonder oh. because you know, for a lot of years, like I I read the Bible, mm-hmm. and it just it never sunk in. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there reading it like it's history, like, oh, some guy named Peter did this, and some guy named Paul, wow, he he went and talked about that. And and but I I never associated that with me today. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really bizarre, but I think a lot of people are like that. I think that a lot of people look at it like it's a history book. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wow, look at these people and look at what they did. And they're crazy, you know, like, the, you know, they, they were so crazy that they, you know, they, they, they got stoned to death and whatever. But missing the whole point that there's a spiritual, a, a, a huge, I mean, the whole thing is a spirit is based on the spiritual realm. Oh, yeah. You, you know, yeah, obviously absolutely. everything and everything that we do is based on the spiritual realm that we cannot see with our physical eyes. But, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't grasp that at all. Cause I didn't. 
how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> okay. A um, couple of things. First, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he's older, he won't depart from it. If we don't train our children to know the Lord, they're not going to know the Lord. If Now, along with that, over the years, churches were training their children to go to church and do church. Do you know yes. what I mean by that? Not, yes. Not like just like what you say. So we've kind of grown away from what it was intended to be. I'm not mm -hmm. going to get into why or how or any of that because that would be a lot of opinion on my part, and we don't need my opinion. Um, I already did that for you, Phil. <laughs> You, you get to be you get to be the impartial one, and I, I'll be the opinionated one, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at least tonight. So the thing about the Bible is the first time I ever read it, I read it similarly, like history. It's a good story. I was actually looking for things when I first read it. I, believe it or not, I had been a pastor for two years, two years before I first read the Bible all the way through. So I was looking for how do these stories that I've heard, you know, and I, at one time I was a Sunday school teacher before coming a pastor, never should have been, didn't know what I was doing, but I did it because I was asked to. But anyway, um, I was looking for, okay, I've heard these stories. Where are they? And, you know, I'd come across them. I was like, oh, so this is Jacob. Okay. But it, that was just all surface. I wasn't digging deep in. Okay. I know who Jacob is. He had 12 sons. Okay. One of them was Joseph. Hey, I've heard that name before too. And then I get to Samuel like, oh, I've heard about this guy named Samuel. Oh, David, the, David and Goliath. There it is. Okay. You know, and oh, I've heard this at Christmas time. You know, the virgin shall be with child. So I was catching up on all these things that I had heard in church, whether I was going to church or whether I was, you know, researching for sermons or whatever. So that's how I approached it the first time. And then I read it again. And I'm like, did I read this book once already? I, I, it was like I was reading it for the first time. And then I started to read it a third time and I kind of fell off for several years. But when I surrendered to God and I said, look, God, I'm not doing well. I I, I suck at being a pastor. <laughs> I said that to God one time. <laughs> um, you know, I needed a change. And he led me to reading the Bible. And he opened my eyes to it because I asked him to. I didn't just pick it up and start reading it because I knew I was supposed to. I wanted to know. And I asked him to open my eyes. And then I started saying, oh, well, you know, Jacob was more than just the father of 12. There's a lot more to this guy. There's a lot more to this Joseph character and the dream interpretations that he did. And the fact that he um, went to, to Egypt, that was all part of God's plan. I was starting to piece it all together. And then I read it again. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now, this is like the fifth time. And, and how am I reading it for the first time again? But God was opening my eyes to more and more. And then I had such a hunger that I just kept as soon as I finished, I'd take a month or two off and I'd start reading it again. And so I really devoted myself to hungering for God's word and knowing what he was trying to say to me. And even now, as we're reading it daily for this year, 
um, I'm still learning new things, st seeing things that I just pretty much glossed over the first few times. But now, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is if you ask God to open your eyes to understand it, he will. Mm -hmm. If you devote yourself to it, you'll learn it a lot better. Mm -hmm. And the more you read, the more you're going to understand. You'll pick up on things. The pieces all start coming together because the Holy Spirit's working in you. And that's something that could make a difference. Get that number back up from 64, back up to 90, or even 95, 98. You're never going to get 100. Mm -mm. You get it back up. Maybe not as high as 90 in these days. I don't know, but I'm not going to speculate. But mm. it's important. It's so important to read. And I use the excuse too, like, oh, I'm never going to read Leviticus. I don't understand that. And it doesn't apply to me. I love Leviticus now. I really enjoy reading Leviticus now because I get something new out of it every time. That's because you're a messianic, Phil. That's why. <laughs> Messy antics. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, so it's, it's, you know, the Bible says that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly and he who sows with abundance will reap with abundance. And that's not talking about money and it's not talking about uh, crops. Well, I mean, physically, yes, but spiritually, when you devote yourself to the Lord, it doesn't even have to be reading the Bible. You can just pray more, talk to him more, fellowship more, whatever it is, start out wherever God's meeting you he'll take you to the next level i didn't say you know when i first became a christian oh i gotta read the bible all the way through there was no way i was gonna do that but god led me to that mm. you know he knew i hungered for it and he led me to doing that and that's what he'll do for others as well mm. so that's one thing and now back to the whole train a child thing you know we really have gotten away from the story and we've made church about worship which is not a bad thing but it's a bad thing mm -hmm. um something okay just a couple days ago in our reading we were in deuteronomy and i this jumped right out at me when moses was saying you knew you saw no form nor face of god you simply heard his voice and that was purposeful because God didn't want them to go run off and create an image of what God looks like and worship that image. Mm. They want him that he wanted them to worship the invisible God that they knew was there. And that's what faith is. So mm. I think in a lot of ways, now I'm going to get rotten tomatoes thrown at me for this one, but in a lot of ways we worship images like the picture of Jesus, which there's no way Jesus looked like the pictures we see in churches today. There's just no way. He didn't have blue eyes and long brown hair. It was probably wooly, dark hair, and probably not very long. Anyway, I digress. Um, and he didn't have fair skin. He probably had olive colored skin or maybe even dark skin. I don't know. But anyway, we, we, you know, we look at that and we say, oh, that's, there's God or there's Jesus. Or we look at the cross. I mean, God told me many, many years ago to be careful not to worship the cross. That's right. Um, because I had somebody had given me a little cross. Oh, I went, it was a cross necklace. That's what it was. 
And I just wore that thing every day. And I was just so proud because I was growing in my faith. And, and God said, don't worship that cross. All mm-hmm. that is is three nails put together with a couple pieces of copper. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and went, oh, man, okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember we're worshiping an invisible, unseen God. Mm-hmm. We're not worshiping the, the lights and the fancy music. and the, I mean, that stuff's great. I love the music. I love worship. But we're worshiping an invisible God. Mm-hmm. We worship from our hearts. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to keep going down the wrong path. And, yeah. you know, there was something else I wanted to say about um, what God had said, and, but I can't remember. It may come back to me. Well, so that's part of the reason why there's a drop. Oh, I know what I was going to say. God isn't going to bring people to the church if the church is all about something other than him. If mm-hmm. it's all about the music, if it's all about the worship style, if it's all about the how many people are there, if it's all about the stained glass windows, <laughs> and I'm not saying our church is. Stained glass windows are beautiful. They're part of the, the essence of worship, but they shouldn't be the worship. Mm-hmm. If people are going to make it about those things, God's going to take his people that are hunger, hungry for him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Not to your church so you can increase your numbers. Mm-hmm. But the moment you start working on making the church be the church, where a church, the church is the people of God who worship the invisible God, a very well-known God, but yet invisible God. Mm-hmm. When we do that, not only are we going to grow ourselves, but our churches are going to grow because pe- God's going to bring those people where they're going to get fed properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, the one thing that I've been thinking about is you had mentioned something in a couple minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, uh, forcing kids to go to church or something like that. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but think about this. And we've done this. Um, We've obligated ourselves to go to church. And even when we didn't want to, and even when, you know, really in most churches, honestly, there was no reason to go. And that's a, that's a hard pain, pain, painful. I'm going to say opinion, I'm not going to say fact because that's my opinion. No, but, I, I think you're right. I mean, if for a lot of churches, you know, they would, you know, the grandparents or the parents would be forcing the kids to go when they didn't want to go. And that's a controversial thing that I won't get into. But what I will say is I don't think anybody would be forced to go if they were seeing the power of God move and if they were seeing uh, faith and, and miracles and and the spirit moving in the church. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't, nobody would have to force anybody to do anything. You're absolutely right. Because you'd want to be there. You'd want to be a part of it. I mean, everybody wants to be a part of something that's successful or that's something that's powerful or something right. that's rewarding. What, whatever, however you want to say it, everybody wants to be a part of something that's awesome. Or something sure. that's just this amazing, or something that you know you're getting to see people restored or healed or or uh, you know whatever delivered. 
you want to see yes. people being experiencing joy and and happiness and you know that's why people do the things that they do but you are you so know, on point yeah i mean and so we've you know and and, and no disrespect to anybody certainly who you know would try to try to get their kids or grandkids to come to church with them that's absolutely not what i'm saying there's right, nothing right, right. i mean I, I i completely agree and you know because we need to be in church and all that i'm saying in many cases the church and all of us combined are the church we we let these people down because we weren't we weren't operating in the spiritual realm yeah. We were we were just not believing in 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 reading and living by the book in the Bible, and we weren't doing what Jesus told us to do. So we were there, and we believed in Jesus, and we believed in you know in God, and we believed in our salvation. But that's kind of where it stopped. And then we we were reading that Bible and learning the stories, and we were telling our stories, you know, teaching kids the stories of Jonah and, and Joseph and the lion's den and and all yeah. these things, yeah. and in which there that's all fine, but that's just kind of where it ended right. for most people, you right. know, and, and and the the kids could tell the story about the the lion's den and. Whatever, but and you know Samson with his hair and and all that, but that it was superficial. You know what I mean? Like it didn't. We weren't seeing in our lives any kind of move of God, really, because we didn't have a relationship with Him, and we didn't have an expectation based on that relationship, and so therefore you know, God wasn't active in what we were doing. So I, I think that that's, that's a key factor. I think that if, if the churches operate in the spiritual realm and people stand in belief and stand in faith and expect God to do what he said he would do, I think people are going to see awesome and amazing things. And they're going to want to be part of it. Yes, you, you're you're one hundred percent correct. Now, from a negative standpoint, and just bear with me for a second. Why do people drink, do drugs, gamble, um, fornicate? Because it does something for them. Yeah, in a very negative way, it does many times, but it does something for them, and that's why they keep going back to it. Yeah, they're getting something out of it. You know why I kept reading the Bible? Because God was giving me something back mm. for my obedience. That's why I kept doing it. I It was an expectation of God from the relationship I had with him, just like you said, and he provided. So I keep going back because every time I learn more. So that's on a positive note. So you're absolutely right. If we go to church every Sunday, and that's why these I'm not going to mention the name of the church, but this local church that just built a new church and is doing so well, they're giving people an experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they, people are getting something out of that. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm not saying it's good or bad. 
I've not been there, so I don't know if they're teaching properly or anything. I'm sure they are, because I don't think God would let them keep coming there if they weren't getting a dose of God out of it every week. Mm-hmm. But they're giving them something that they enjoy that makes them want to come back. Mm-hmm. So if we did start seeing people getting healed, and you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to be bold and say this. The church that you and I attend, there have been people in there who have been healed. Now, Mm. they're not talking about it, and others aren't asking about it, but there's been people in there that have been healed. Right. There's been people who have been in that church, and I don't necessarily mean members of the church, that have been delivered from demonic, not possession, but demonic oppression. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed it. Mm Mm-hmm. And those people, unfortunately, don't come to our church. But what I'm saying is, it's possible. Mm -hmm. And when we start seeing that in our church or any church starts operating in the spirit, like you said, Mm -hmm. people are going to start talking. Mm -hmm. You know why Jesus, when he heals somebody, say, don't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Go show yourself to the priest. Don't tell anybody. What's the first thing they did? They ran out and told everybody, the woman at the well, I met the Messiah. He told me everything about me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, these people in Samaria are very interested. Mm-hmm. You know, he heals the leper who goes, tells the priest. Now the priests are wanting to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The, um, the blind man or the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, he gets up, he starts telling people. Now they want to know what's going on. And before mm-hmm. you know it, large crowds are gathering around Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, was it good or bad? They're coming because of who he is. Oh, he's going to be a king. He's going to free us from the Romans. And he said, no, no, that's not why I came. But at least they're coming so they can hear the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't want people coming to church just because I hear there's healings. I hear there's deliverance. Mm-hmm. We want them coming so that they get healed, get delivered. So they find freedom. They tell others and everybody else comes and finds freedom. And they point, we point them to God and God takes over in their lives yeah you get them in the door god will take over and move them if Mm -hmm. they are willing to walk with god Mm -hmm. we are not god but we can do our part Mm -hmm. and we should do our part if we want our churches to grow that's how we do it not by you know the programs that we have in reading a book that tells you how to grow your church and the new thing is texting. Pastor, stay in contact with your people. People have a phone in their hand all day. Text them. Okay, I do text a lot of people. But that's not to get them to come back to church. Right. That's the, that's part of the relationship aspect right. of it. Right. I, like I said, I could go on forever. <laughs> How much time do we have? But anyway, you really hit on it beautifully tonight chad because they're going to come for a purpose so that they can do more than just survive Mm -hmm. they're coming so that they can have something change in their lives Mm -hmm. and when they experience that they're going to know god did it they're going to start following god then they're going to keep coming back Mm -hmm. but not only that teaching them to have this relationship with God and showing them how to have this relationship with God. 
That's what's going to keep them and get others. God's going to bring others as well. People will bring some people. God will bring some people. And if it's just people bringing people, that church will eventually die. When God's bringing the people, that church will thrive. Right. Yeah. And back to the, to the church that you alluded to a minute ago, um, they, that I will say this, they brought a lot of people in to knowing God that never knew God. I believe and, that. And, and it's incredible to watch. I've never been there either, but it's incredible to watch that these people do that. And then, so, you know, the one thing about it is, and I, and I do believe that the pastor, or there's actually a, a husband and wife that, that, or the pastors, but, um, you know, they give a lot of practical life. Mm -hmm. They give a lot of practical life talk to people. Um, and, and, and they, they, they make it on a very personal grass grassroots level, um, down to earth. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're not, they're not preaching advanced topics. This isn't theology 401 or something like that. This is, you know, they're talking about relationships between people and just basic job stuff and health stuff and whatever. But it's it's big on salvation. Mm -hmm. But I think that their next step for them is to somehow also incorporate the 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 also the deeper part, which is the the complete relationship with God that goes beyond salvation, the relationship mm -hmm. with God and the miracles, the, yeah. the, the healing and the casting of out of demons and deliverance and all those things. I think that that's, if, if, if that is truly a movement of God, I think that he's going to expand and grow them in that direction. So it'll be interesting to watch in the coming time to see if that really happens mm. oh, because, wow. because it, and that's my perception outside looking in. And, and a lot of churches are like that, you know, these big non-denominational denominational churches, they're big on bringing people in for salvation and saving people. So the next thing for all those churches are, if it's truly a move of God, they're going to expand in their in their roles and their teaching mm. to operate like in the book of acts yeah yeah to operate in the new testament church you and, know, and, i'm sorry go ahead keep going no and the, but the only other thing i was going to say is to be all-encompassing for all those things however you want to however you want to say it the the fivefold church or whatever you however you want to say it to operate in the full um, mandate or, or, or what Jesus sent us to do in full. Sure. Absolutely. Um, this is not in any way to say you were wrong because you were absolutely right. But I want to add to what you said, because a lot of people look acts and beyond, or they may even go back to Matthew and beyond. But we have to remember that that same spirit that moved in the book of Acts was moving in Exodus, was moving mm -hmm. in Deuteronomy and in Joshua and Judges. Yep. And um, 
So it looked different. Sure. Yes. Different, very much so different because um, Jesus really changed everything. But what I mean is like, you think about the guy who sewed gold, a thread of gold, and he sewed it into the ephod that the, that Aaron wore. How do you sew with gold? But he, he got it so tiny and thin that he could sew with it. That, and it says that I put my spirit or God put his spirit upon him so that he could do that. And, you know, he missed that sort of thing. So what I'm getting at is in all things, God's spirit coming upon us is what makes us move. But unless we understand it, know it, and have the faith to walk in it, we're just going to keep going to church. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. People, there's somebody that you and I both know that um, he said Monday night, he said Monday night, he says, God wants me to do something. I don't know what it is yet, but I just can't shake this. He wants me to do something. Mm -hmm. Yes. Praise God. So this man is realizing that the spirit is moving in his life Mm -hmm. and it's, he's going to go somewhere with it. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, we had seven people baptized on Sunday, this past Sunday, seven, is it seven or was it three, four, seven, seven people baptized. I've never baptized that many people at one time. And it was amazing Mm -hmm. because you could feel God's presence in a very mighty way in that church. Mm. My goal is that someday we'll baptize even just one person or maybe another seven at one time, but other people will recognize the presence of God's Holy spirit in that church at that moment when that's Mm. happening. Yeah. Because I don't think you weren't there. Were you? Mm-mm. No. So you may have recognized it. And a couple others may have recognized it. I think a few others probably did. But by and large, and this is not a knock on anybody, they aren't, they don't know how to mm-hmm. recognize it. That's where I come in and you come in. We got to teach them how. Right. You know, we can we can stir the pot in our Bible study, but now God is throwing it back at us. Now he's putting a spirit on us so that we can lead and teach and guide them and show them. Right that they have this authority and they can walk in it with faith. Right. Right. For people to understand that prophetic words still happen today. Yeah. And, and that sort of thing, because you gave a prophetic word Sunday morning. Yeah. Over a person. So, you know, it, it, I believe that there's a lot of people that go to churches that don't believe the prophecy is a living thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, that for them, it's real simple. It's Jesus and God and the Bible and, and and that's it. And, and and nothing happens now. But absolutely, there's a lot that happens now. There's as much or more happening now that ever happened in the history of the world. It, it, because God's yeah. spirit, God's we've talked about this. We 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 called this the squeeze. Yeah. We we I remember when we were recording a couple three, two or three years ago down in the in our, our little studio in the basement of the church. We were sitting around talking about the squeeze 
And and I didn't know what that meant, but God had kept talking to me about the squeeze, the squeeze. And I thought, well, what's he doing? Making making orange juice or lemonade? <laughs> like what I don't know. What's what do you mean, God? What's the squeeze? Well, I at some point here recently he's told me, well, heaven's pushing down towards earth because it's the end times. Mm -hmm. So he's he's pushing in a, on a spiritual level, he's pushing heaven down towards earth for the end times. So we're feeling this squeeze and and the enemy is definitely feeling the squeeze. So you're going to see it, you know, the enemy just manifesting all over the place more and mm -hmm. more because of that squeeze. Well, the church is feeling it too. Mm -hmm. People don't know what they're feeling, but they're feeling something. Yep. yep. Praise God. You know, like this, this person we're talking about. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, 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 you know, over the past, couple hundred years people have called these things revivals you know you'll hear if 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 you're involved in churches and the the faith and whatever the a, a christian fancy christian word is revival 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 well all that was was just was just kind of like you know birth pains they were birth pains of heaven pushing down towards earth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay if you will that's that's scriptural yeah, yeah. That's the birth pains. And and so he's pushing down and, and all these things are going to become more and more. But we just have to open up to it and open our hearts to it. If you're going to church every Sunday and your heart's not open to uh, prophecy and the Holy Spirit and that sort of thing, think about that and pray about that because otherwise you're just in a social club. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just hanging out with your friends trying to figure out where to go to lunch afterwards. Well, you know, that's not what this is about. You're right. You're right. I I really believe that, you know, you said something to me the other day. And I don't know if you realize how right you were. Um, I'll go ahead and say, you said I was going to have, I think, I don't know, greater revelation, new revelation, different revelation, something about, I was going to understand God a little bit differently basically what it boils down to that something God was going to give me. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Did you say that? Yeah. You're going to have a, you're going to have a, 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 a new major revelation is going to change your ministry for the rest of your life. That's what it was. Yes. 100% on spot. It's happening already. So I will be so bold to say this, that we're going to have a wonderful Christmas season. When January comes, things are going to start to excel, uh, accelerate, not excel, accelerate. <laughs> um, but God's people will excel. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to see a difference. Not everybody will be on board with it right away. There may be some pushback, but God's moving and he's going to continue to move in a mighty way and not, overbearing not powerful like taking it by storm kind of way very gentle very loving very subtle but the impact is going to be powerful mm. does that make sense it does and you're going to see that it's mm. coming mm. um so we'll leave it at that let me let me give you an illustration then we got to get going here okay so this is my hand you can see that this is a hand you recognize that as a hand 
And if I turn it around, it's still a hand, right? Yeah. But there's so much more to this. If I turn it sideways, now you can see how thick it is. And, you know, it's not just these two surfaces. Well, there's some, there's some girth to it. So if we were to be able to come into my hand and just like go in and, oh, all of a sudden, you know, we go beyond the skin. Now there's blood vessels, there's bones, there's, hopefully there's nothing else in there. Blood muscles, bones, muscles. muscles. There's, there's muscles. muscles. Yes, muscles. And we just keep going and, and, you know, we see more and more how intricate it is. And then eventually we come out the other side. But if you only look at this or at this, you'll never know about that other stuff in there. Right. And when you take this and you say, hey, that's a really nice cover. Got papers hanging out of it. You know, it's a really nice cover. Oh, I can read what kind it is on the side here. And I know it's the Bible. And I might even read some pages. But go beyond the surface. Mm -hmm. God's taking us deeper. Mm -hmm. It's the squeeze, like you said. It's heaven's pushing down. But don't be afraid. Don't run away from it. Accept it. Receive it. Because God is the one leading it. God is the one who will make it happen. God will give the power and the knowledge and the authority and the understanding and all those great adjectives that go with it. He will give those things to each of us if we're open to receiving it. Mm -hmm. We're going to go beyond the surface of the hand. We're going to find out what's inside here. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, real quick is along with that is for people who really have opened their heart to this in the last several years, we, we've been being burned in a refining fire and um you know along comes with that some people have really suffered in in you know different ways mentally and with their health and you know maybe with jobs and relationships and all these sorts of things and we've suffered and we've questioned or at least i have i'll, I'll admit i've questioned god why are we suffering like this why are hmm. we why are we going through this well it's a refining fire and he's doing it, you know, basically for our benefit. We don't, we certainly usually don't realize that it's our benefit because it mm -hmm. certainly doesn't feel like a benefit, but he's burning off the old junk. Mm -hmm. and, and and for some of us, we're, we're walking through health issues. Some people are going through finance stuff. Some people are losing people in relationship. And some of us, you know, have, have gone through all these things. We've, we've lost friends. We've, you know, uh, whatever, but it's that refining fire because he's cleaning up. He's cleaning up the church. He he's selecting the people who have opened their hearts to him. I shouldn't say he's selecting the people who, but the people who've chosen to open their hearts to him. He's working with them, <laughs> and and but he's got to get people prepared for it. He's got to prepare people because you know that's just the way he operates. Absolutely. So when if you've if you've been seeking God and, and you've opened your heart to him and you've you've been struggling and gone through hardships, I think that that's why, because he's allowed that to get you through and bring you through to be a, a better you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he loves us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And it's hard to understand sometimes, but that's, yeah. what, that's just the way he works. Yep. Mm -hmm. well chad this has been awesome yeah 
It was it was anything goes, but it didn't drift too far off the path. Yeah, right, right. It was good. So appreciate it. Um, yeah. We uh most certainly will be back next week. I don't know how many people will be here. <laughs> it but, may just um, be one or two. I'm gonna say, it, might be I, just I, one, it might be one. <laughs> it may just be one or two people. It might just be Phil. Phil, instead of calling it Bible time, he'll call it uplift now. You know, <laughs> there'll, there'll probably be at least two people. We don't know which two, but there'll probably be at least two. Yep, I'm sure at least two. Yep. We'll figure it out. Yep, we'll figure it out. Yep. All right. Well, you have a great evening. It was good talking to you. Yeah, good Everybody episode. enjoyed it, and we'll see all of you again next week. Yep. Have a good Take week. Care. Thank you.